I know that Sebastian's been having some verbal issues, so I'm actually I'm super proud. Maybe he just learns how to speak only using alcohol terms. Uh, well, he also can say that he wants Popeyes. Well, he's ready for college. Takika and Popeye. Wine and Popeye. Yeah, he goes, Popeye, Popeye, I want Popeye. Scary fierce. Scary fun. Scary mommy speaks. (laughs) Well, the holidays are upon us and things are getting real. So should we talk about it? Of course. Okay, first off, colds. You and I basically just swap our cold back and forth. Yes. We just... We pay, we really swap our kids' cold right. between each other. Right. Yeah. Your kids cough, my kids cough, my sneeze, your sneeze. We're sneezing and coughing. Do you even... I mean, I, I don't remember my mom ever being sick. Do you? Not really. Not really. I, I... Were they just... Did they make them stronger back then? Because <laughs> I'm getting I just sick think all that the moms time. don't have the... We don't have the time to be... Well, sick. we definitely might be sick, but it doesn't stop us from doing anything. I uh, I know I've been talking about Mrs. Maisel all morning yep. since before we were recording because I've been watching the most recent season. But her mom has the best robes. I know, all she I does. can think, And she even has great, like, PJs and robes yep. combos. I could be sick in that. <laughs> Let's just get sick so we can get them. Done. Done. And also today, we're interviewing Eve Rodsky, author of Fair Play, the perfect book if you're looking to straighten out the imbalance of workload in your home. When I first read it, it was like a little too intense. I called you yeah. or I texted you or I something. I don't you. know. Somehow we communicated. And I was like, I, I feel seen, but I also feel like overly seen. Yeah. And I don't know if I can continue reading it. But I did. And it was really good. It opened up a whole big conversation yeah. with me and Lee. It was really good. I've tried to summarize the book to tell people about it because I just think it, it, it's made such an impact and I don't even know how to sum it up. It's like, like it, it's it's beyond words for me, kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah, you got to get the book. Yeah. Or listen to the book. Or listen to our interview with Eve. Are you healthy right now, Ash? Uh, you look pretty healthy. Debatable, honestly. <laughs> I, I mean, physically, not mentally. Uh, again, debatable. <laughs> I have been, since Sebastian started daycare, which I think he started the beginning of October, it has been nonstop being sick, being not sick. Then I got I got so tired of being sick. You came with me to Dwayne Reed to, to get, get a, a flu, flu shot, shot. And then she got the flu. And I got... The next day I woke up, I felt like I had been hit by a Mack truck. You really, you were really so sick that day because I was texting you and there was no reply. No, I was sleeping. You were so sick. I had my dad take the baby and I was like, I need to get better. I also took a poll on Instagram. I know, I saw that. Where I was like, okay, I'm tired of getting sick. Who has the solution? So everyone, like so many people said elderberry. elderberry, So now I'm looking up the most effective. Salambuca or whatever. Yeah, Sambucol or whatever the hell it's (laughs) called. Sambuca, whatever it is. Sambuca works. That's fine. It's disgusting. But hey, double benefit. Italians love it. So I'm just really over yeah, you really are. all of this. And I saw this meme that said, I used to wonder why my mom never got sick when I was little. Now I know she did get sick. She just didn't have time for that I actually shit. don't remember my mom sick I ever. I really very, very... Now I feel like I see my mom sick, but as a little kid, I don't really remember that. You know, I don't... I think my my mom's an ER nurse, or she, and she was a cardiac intensive care nurse, so I think her version of sick... Like, you have to be dying for my mom to call out of work, because as a nurse, you don't. She also sees so many sick people. 
There seem to be two opposing views to this. Yeah, like this one is concept. like suck it up, Buttercup. Right, like yeah, mom's got shit to do. Got to you just we like, can't move be on. taken down. Right, yeah. and the other point of view is like yeah, well sometimes even mom needs caretake the caretaker. It's, have you ever seen that Nyquil commercial where the dad is like sick and he's talking to his boss and he's like, you, all you see is the dad and he says like, you know, I'm really sick. I think tomorrow I'm gonna have to take a sick day and it it like cuts to the shot of his kid in the crib. That's how I feel. That's how it felt all month. So some of my girlfriends who have children, we often refer, and my sister too, we refer to something called man sick. Man sick is a different kind of sick. And um, probably the best version of man sick that I can describe to our lovely please, audience. Please, describe. Is I was very pregnant and trying to get that baby out so I didn't have to be induced. And I had no feeling in my hands or my feet. I kept dropping things. I had neuropathy. I was really big. I was swollen. I couldn't walk. It was like really bad towards the end. And Lee got a sty. He didn't know what a sty was. He's like, oh my God, my eye's been hurting. For two- I'm oh, Sorry, baby. My eye's been hurting for two days. What is it? Am I going blind? And I was like, let me see. Let me see what's in your eye. And I was like, oh, it's a sty. No big deal. He's like, what's a sty? Am I going to lose my vision? I was like, no. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but sty is like when you get like a particle in your yeah, it's eye. Like some it's kind like of bacteria pim- it's like a, gets in there. Yeah, and it's like sort of like an like, inner pimple in yeah. your eye. And I gave him the advice that I gave you, which my Greek grandmother said, rub gold on it. This man could not function with, you know how many styes I've had in my life. I mean, I feel like women are very accustomed to styes because of mascara. Con- he doesn't even wear contacts, which is also annoying when you have a sty. He's a non-contact wearer, wearer, and he was like, I don't think I can, it hurts. I have such a head. The pain in my eye, are you sure? I do not need to go to a doctor. Meanwhile, I'm like laying like a beached whale. I can't, I have to hold a sippy cup because my hands don't work. And I'm like, could you just walk the dog? It was literally to this day, whenever whenever I say I'm sick or like I have a belly, he's always like, uh, me too. I'm like, you're such a copier. <laughs> you're such a copier. You do not. I have, I have period cramps. Me too. You do not have period cramps. See, and you I'm, do not have them. I'm on the other side of this because like Matt has taken like such few sick days in our entire relationship. Such few sick days. And if I say like. Oh man, like I'm having some issues with my shoulder. It's like one, you know how you have like forefront disease and the, sicknesses, and then you've like the background. You have like ones the web MDable like, ones and the ones that you're just like that'll take a back seat, right? So like I have this like thing in my right shoulder arm thing, bursitis. I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't taken the time to look into it. I haven't called a doctor, um, but it's a thing. And I'll be like, oh, you know, like watching TV, I'll be like, my, my shoulder's really acting up. And Matt will say, well, come here. Let me rub it for you. So oh, that's he's, sweet. Yeah, he's really good that's about that. That's not Lee. That. <laughs> that is not Lee. That is not Lee. And Matt. If I said I have a shoulder thing, he's like, you know what? Me too. <laughs> He'd be like, my rot- I've been told by three doctors my rotator cuff needs surgery, but I've been waiting until the right time. And I'll be like, all right. So before I go down the deep, dark rabbit hole of how partners, specifically mine and others, um, handle illnesses when they get sick and maybe the differences of how I would handle an illness. Spoiler alert. Not well. Not well. Not well at all. So before I go down that deep, dark hole... Why don't we have our special guest, who's kind of the specialist in this? Yeah, absolutely. Eve Rodsky, her new book, Fair Play, offers a whole new way to look at work and uh, the division of labor in a marriage or a partnership. She is amazing. This book was amazing. Uh, it's so good. She's up next, but first. 
Hey, Ash, how are you handling the holiday stress this year? Like we handle all our stress, which is terribly. Mm, I'm screaming into a pillow at night, and I stay in the bathroom and pretend I'm using it, but I'm really just sitting there crying. How oh, about that's you? Depressing. <laughs> well, I'm medium, but I learned that getting yourself off is a great way to de-stress, so that's what I'm going to do now. Like getting yourself off a ledge? What are you talking about? I'm talking about masturbating, Ashley. I just got the arouser by plus one. The arouser? That's a nickname we had for this really hot guy in college freshman year, but I'm just kidding. I actually have the arouser, too. What do you think? I love it. It's great, and it's waterproof. I know, and it sucks and blows all at the same time. I mean... That imaginary guy in college couldn't do that. He wasn't imaginary. (laughs) Actually, Lee and I used it together, and even he liked it. Oh, that's Fun good. Fun for the whole family. That's a great stocking stuffer for uh, all your loved ones, then. Exactly. So get yourself the Arouser by Plus One for yourself, for a friend, for a family member. Get it for everybody. Everybody. This holiday season. You get an Arouser Plus One, and you, you get, get an Arouser Plus One. one. Today we have in Eve Rodsky, who wrote Fair Play. It's a revolutionary, real-world solution to the problem of unpaid, invisible work that women have shouldered for too long when it comes to family and household work. And it's great because it gets down to all the tasks we do day-to-day that aren't recognized as work. That's me air-quoting work. Yeah. yeah. Eve gets down to how to communicate with your partner and designed a card system to delegate tasks in a fair and equitable way. Plus, Reese Witherspoon, who we love, endorsed this book and called it a hands-on, real-talk guide for navigating the hot-button issues that so many families struggle with. And I I mean, I truly do think every family struggles with this. It opened up a whole conversation between me and Lee. Yep. I think that this book would make a great gift for friends, family members, whoever. And speaking of shit you have to do like holiday shopping, Fair Play started with the shit I do list that Eve had put together one day, which we will talk about a little bit later. So should we just get Eve in here? Come on in, Eve. So great to be here. I'm obsessed with Scary Mommy. Oh, thank, thank you. 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 It's You know, I think this is really exciting to have you in. We've both read the book, and we're super— And our whole, whole team read the book, so we all yes. have had a lot of— um, But, and I mean been, this— We've been talking about this quite a bit. Thank you. I mean this with— all of the love you've caused a little havoc right. in our lives uh, in in a in a way that I think is beneficial and great. But I did need to start with that. Absolutely, I think consciousness raising is is hard. Right? Yeah, yes. I mean, I always think, why can fair play just be a card game? I'm an organizational management specialist. I wanted to get to the solution, but there were a couple of chapters from my findings over seven years, interviewing 500 men and women wow. that mirrored the U.S. Census that required chapters of breaking down some of these cultural messages that we receive. So that's why it's a book. Um, I was born to write this because I came out of a single mother household and I watched what it looked like for one person to hold all the cards, which is the metaphor of the fair play game. And it's not easy to hold all the cards. And so I think if we start valuing invisible work, which we'll talk about, and the mental load, emotional labor, all these things that traditionally fallen women, if we value caregiving, I think it helps everybody. So what is it that happened in your life, your personal life, that really made you notice this imbalance? Well, what happened was I started to um, notice, right? Because that's what consciousness raising does. I started to notice. So this is what happened. I was on a breast cancer march, which, you know, you may have seen in the book with 10 of my close friends 
and we were marching, holding signs, courage, strength, and power, not just a women's problem. And we had this great, true girlfriend's getaway. It felt super empowering. That day, I noticed that everything, the energy, every empowerment, beautiful camaraderie, fun, cool energy was sucked out from the first text my friend received. And the text she received was, when are you coming home from the parade? And that happened around noon. It was from her husband who was already done. Mm -hmm. He'd been, quote unquote, actually wrote in babysitting the kids since Mm -hmm. they woke up Mm -hmm. and he was done. And then literally every single one of our phones started blowing up from our partners and substitute women, substitute vaginas that were helping, yes. <laughs> like babysitters, Mother mothers-in-laws, in-laws, yeah. yep. Things like, where is Hudson's soccer bag? Yeah. What's the address of the birthday party? My favorite, my all-time favorite that day, do the kids need to eat lunch? I counted up every single text and phone call we received. 30 calls. How many women? Eight? Ten. Ten. 30 calls. 46 texts. Oh, my God. For 10 women over 30 minutes. Wow. Wow. And that's when I realized this wasn't just a me problem. Yeah. And so that started, that was embarked on my journey. So through that journey, I decided to go and read every article. So the good news, if you read Fair Play, you don't have to do this. You did the cliff notes. I I did the cliff notes for you. I read every seminal book and article that had ever been written on the gender division of labor. That's a lot of work. A lot of work. I mean, that's why this project took seven years. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that this this statistic, I was undeniably living that two-thirds of what it takes to run a home and family (sighs) falls on women that I was undeniably living but didn't know at the time. Um, This she-fault, this defaulting on women, what I call in the book the she-fault, the she-fault had a name. And so for your listeners who maybe haven't heard this before, even though Scary Mommy does a great job at actually um, highlighting this issue, this has a name. The she-fault has a name. Emotional labor. The mental load. The invisible workload. We talk about that all the time. That's the one we talk about. Invisible work was my favorite. It came from 1987. A sociologist named Arlene Kaplan-Daniels had a beautiful article called Invisible Work. And that was the term that resonated most with me because... There was a modicum of a solution in it. Yeah. Because how can you value what you don't see? Yep. And so I went on a quest to make the invisible visible. I called every woman from that march and their friends and said, what is what are you doing out there that your husband or partner may not know you're doing? Is this the shit I do list? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so this turned into a 98. I don't know if any of your... Your amazing listeners use Excel mm-hmm. as much as I do, yes. but there is a, it was a 98 Ashley tabs. does. She's a Virgo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm the queen of spreadsheets. Amazing. So I'm glad you can appreciate a spreadsheet. So you know how Excel works. There's tabs on the bottom yep. where you can name them, and then there's sub items in each, you know, tab. 98 tab spreadsheet with about 20 sub tabs of invisible work that- um, Ashley's getting excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> I mean, that's what became the Fair Play cards and even more tools on the website that are being rolled out to show you how they look in list form. But what it was, was the most cathartic thing I'd ever done in my life. It took months. I had women who I didn't even know saying they received the spreadsheet and they would say things to me like, you forgot sunscreen. 
And so back to you, how you love Excel, I'd say, well, you just don't know how to use Excel. Yeah. There's not just 10 tabs. You have to push the right, right. button. Right. You got to look all over. You got to scroll. And if you go to tab 72, Mrs. I don't know you, but thank you for saying sunscreen, under medical and healthy living, <laughs> item number 17, as you can see, says applying Subcategory, sunscreen. Subcategory, division right, exactly. three. Like, yeah. Or another one, you know, you forgot allowance. I'm like, actually, it's tab 55 under family <laughs> values and traditions, because why are you giving allowance? Otherwise, what's the point? Right. right. It's number item 11 under tab 55. It was that granular and back to how you communicate and what I learned from my own practice that I was not applying in my home. I decided one day to send it off to Seth, my husband, with the best communication tool I can imagine, no context and just a <laughs> can't wait to discuss subject line. When I, I think I was like a half an hour into reading the book and my husband and I had a very, very rare date night. Okay. We met at a bar and we had cocktails. <laughs> fun. And I said, Matt, I am reading this book and it's blowing my mind and it's all about the invisible workload and it's all about this. And I said, you know, you're a very modern man and you're really great. I love that. And you really try to help a lot, but there's still an imbalance here. Yes. And my husband said, well, you know... I am pretty good about things. And I looked at him and I said, yes, honey, I just said that. Let's try again. <laughs> right. You are very good at it. But I think he go and then he cuts me off and goes, well, if you just tell me what to do. Right. And I said, but this is the entire premise of the book. Yes. I don't want to have that's more shit on my plate yes. for me to think yes. about. It's on you. It's sex. It's not sexy to be in charge. That's Ugh. what one woman said to me. Well, I mean, it kind of is sometimes, but not <laughs> in, in the bedroom. Not, yeah, not Save when it comes to like lunch. <laughs> right, not when it comes to lunch. <laughs> this imbalance really came to fruition once kids came into yes. play in yes. relationships. I have also noticed this myself. Are we so are we as women self-imposing that on ourselves? Because, you know, my husband has the the job that pays the bills or did up until recently. That was yes. that was his role. And I remember feeling like, no, I have to clean the house. I have to it's take care me. of laundry. Absolutely. I have to because he's he's out working all day. I have to take care of the baby for hours upon time. Do you feel this is all self-imposed? We, we as women are mostly doing it and then kind of like giving them the pass? Great question. I, no one's asked it exactly that way. So thank you for asking in a very thoughtful way. I think, well, first, I think I want to address what you first said about the discrepancy after kids. One of the most shaming things that I've heard um, sort of in the feminist zeitgeist is the most important decision you'll make is the man you marry. Because the man you marry changes and so do you. Yeah. And actually, the statistics show my good friend, Professor Darby Saxby, who's a preeminent expert on the gender division of labor out of the psychology, you know, expertise, um, consulted on the book for me. And she shows, you know, she works in this area around sort of time journal studies. Men do five to 15 hours a week less after children that, come I know, along, that was, right? That was shocking to me when yeah. I read that. And I think it's really important to understand that. Um, why does that happen? I don't think it's because, you know, um, on Good Morning America, I remember Amy, she started off with a strange question. Why do women feel, you know, feel um, like they have to do it all? And I said, well, I don't feel like I have to do anything, but I'm expected to do it all, right? Mm -hmm. So I think something happens after kids because life gets grindier. The, you know, you, you play, you have 60 cards in the fair play system after kids, you have 100 cards, I mean, before kids, 60 cards before kids, you have 100 cards after kids. Jeez. That's a huge so, jump. It's a huge jump. And the the work gets harder. You used to have maybe three dishes in the sink. So your partner wouldn't mind doing it. Now you have to boil bottles. Yep. And you're also tired while you're doing that. And yeah. you're so tired and you're sleep deprived. So all these things happen. But 
But I want to address to you about the idea about women feeling like they need to do it all. This was a huge piece of the puzzle for me. After these interviews, the 500 plus interviews, I kept trying to understand what was really happening. Because as a mediator, I'm a mediator and a lawyer by trade. So we always say the presenting problem is never the real problem. Mm -hmm. And the presenting problem were things like men telling me they're locked out of their house over glue sticks. (laughs) A man in White Plains, New York, telling me, do I w- go into the city and get a hotel room? Is my wife going to let me back in? <laughs> over like a $3 glue stick and a $200 home in a $200 hotel room. $200, literally. But, you know, you can just a lot of a lot of glue sticks you could buy for that. He could bring home and, like, he could go, you know. Costco style. Costco style. But, you know, you understand from her perspective, I found out, right? She'd been working three weeks on the Einstein biography, had been to the library three times with her child, Xeroxed the pages in the lit library book, cut them all out, wrote the captions, helped the kid, you know, line Just them up with the, the poster glutes. Get me the glue. Yeah. Right? yeah. So is it really about glue sticks? No, but what the fundamental issue is, my abs- absolute fundamental finding was, and I do talk about this in the book, was that men, women, and society don't value women's time the same as men's. Ask men all over the country, do you believe an hour holding your child's hand at the pediatrician's office is as valuable to society as an hour in the boardroom? And the answer is no. No. Yeah. Yeah. His but answer it was like, it does it. it is. I'm not making $500 <laughs> in that hour. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's why Fair plays a book and not just a game because the toxic time messages. And I just want to just address that really quickly. So, yes, back to this a long winded answer I to know. tell you that women were just as guilty yeah of not valuing their own time well that's what i was just saying it starts with me because i'm not really sure i'm yet mentally believing yes agreed because i'm not the breadwinner that time is equal absolutely i mean in my soul i feel that but i don't i have a little i have a little ways to go in believing that myself we have to reframe time to be 24 hours in a day not time is money so not so if you reframe time is that way then there's other three things you also have to reframe one is this I'm a better multitasker. I'm wired differently. We don't have better executive function. We're not better multitaskers. We should know that because men are all the CEOs in this country. There's a Forbes list with 100 most innovative CEOs and 99 of them are men. Okay. They have great executive function. They are great at leading teams. They're great at multitasking. But this one neuroscientist said, my favorite quote that I'm allowed to bring on the road to you. Imagine, Eve, you could convince half the population that they're better at wiping asses and doing dishes. <laughs> How great for the other half of the population. Yes. <laughs> but that's that's a ding ding yeah. ding. Yeah. I just changed ever since that day, I've had such a different I don't know, a different attitude towards <laughs> I started skipping. I don't know, it just it gave me freedom to understand that I can free myself from some of these toxic time messages. Yep. Why do you think domestic activities go unnoticed? Is there do they just think like Mary Poppins lives in your house and it's just magic these appearance and you know that just the whole thing is just clean as if by accident? Like why do you think that these things go unnoticed? So once I realized I was going to become my own client and bring organizational management and systems to the home, I realized why invisible work gets unnoticed. And it's because men just step in and execution. So I'll explain. Yes. Mustard Mustard. There's that example in the book, right? Somebody has to know that Johnny, your second son, Johnny, only will choke down his protein if he has he dips it in yellow mustard. Right. Okay. That's conception. That's what we call in the business world conception. Then someone has to notice 
it's running low, back to the invisible fairy. Yeah. Notice it's running low and somehow put it on a list, right, to uh, along with your other groceries that may be running low or that you need for your meal planning. That's the planning stage. Again, in business, we call that planning. And then someone has to get their butt to the store to purchase that's the mustard. That's the CPE, that's right? That's CPE, right? So, that's, so conception is the noticing the Johnny and planning is monitoring putting it on the list putting it on the list right Mm -hmm. that's the planning and then getting your butt to the store is in business terms what we call execution right and the problem is that's where men step in in my data over 500 interviews men were stepping in at execution and it's a real problem because they bring home spicy Dijon Mm -hmm. the gross (laughs) kind with the seeds right and then men all over this country were saying to me and this is why fair play is not home the mustard exactly men are fair play became a love letter to men it started as a love letter to women it became a love letter letter to men because men all over this country were saying, I brought home the mustard and I still can't do anything right. Mm -hmm. And then women were saying to me, Eve, you want me to trust him with the estate planning card, my living will, when he can't even bring home the right type of mustard? Mm -hmm. So is this, as mediators, we say, like I said before, the presenting problem is not the real problem. Is this about mustard? No, it's about trust. How do you instill enough trust in your relationship? And the key is ownership. When somebody like in business is in charge of the full mustard situation, the entire grocery card for that week, and they've been onboarded into a system that you understand the context for why you're getting those things, it takes a little time to get into the use to those conversations as opposed to us saying, just fucking figure it out. But it saves you tons and tons of time because that's why the best businesses in our country do this. When men don't understand conception and planning because they don't have the context— then every, it will always remain invisible. And also the thing about valuing the time, because I feel like the trust and respect uh, pieces go hand in hand. Yes. And if you're not respecting my time, i.e., I don't want to have to send you 13 reminders. Right. right. Because that means that you don't respect my time. Yes. Right. You have to do the whole thing, the C, the P, and, and the, the e. e. Yes. Then the trust and respect go hand in hand. That's really the two things it's it, the two things need to go hand in hand you, you say that a hundred times to your listeners yeah. Yeah. I hope you say that again every yeah. single time that someone else comes because on because without without that time respect the 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 trust is not there either well and it's such an important point yeah i also have to say i mean when i got to the point where it was like you have to be able to trust your partner to f- completely fulfill this card um that resonated probably the most out of everything in your book because I don't trust my partner wow. in that yeah. capacity. And you're such a planner, too. I, I think that would be hard. Totally. Being your, being your good friend, I think that would be a hard part yes. of the card that you're, gonna, you're one of the kind of people that I can imagine, if you don't mind me saying, mm-hmm. that would split up, that naturally you want to split up the CP and yes. A. Because you, you like to hold those kind of planning things. It's not that I like to. It's that I feel like I'm the one who's going to do it correctly. My right. husband is a yes. classic where's the butter. Yes. Um. A highly capable, highly intelligent, but when it comes to home, I have to tell him. Lisa, mixture of the where's the butter and like the traditional, right? Fist. Yeah, and and that's, that's, that's by the way, that's where Seth was. Yeah, and when I tell you that he's holding literally every single card for our entire family while I'm on the road, and not doing it because he's aggrieved, but because he realizes that all of a sudden, Mister Traditional says to me in our holding my child's hand at the pediatrician's office is as valuable Absolutely. as an hour in the boardroom. He fundamentally believes that now. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, we've been playing this game for three years. and But but 
I promise you it can happen. Fair play really is a game you can play on your own. And I watched people play it and I got feedback. Um, the and rules you take people are through every step. I, it's it's very prescriptive. It's yeah. like the South Beach diet. I tell you every <laughs> single thing to eat. And sometimes it does say don't eat sugar and it's going to feel really awkward it's to gonna you. It's going to be triggering. You're yeah. going to say I'm very triggered because I like to hold conception and planning. <laughs> yep. and I like to give you execution. This is not the way I do things. But the other thing I just want to acknowledge is that a lot of women were saying to me, um, I really don't can't have these conversations about domestic life. So one woman says that to me very earnestly. I can't, you know, I can't talk to my spouse about domestic life. And then unironically, 25 minutes later in our conversation, 20 minutes later, she says, oh, yeah, last time he forgot to put the clothes in the dryer. I just dumped the wet clothes on his pillow. I was like, that's a me okay, move. That's right? a me move. <laughs> um, so you, okay, but you don't communicate about domestic life? I left life? dirty dishes okay. on his desk. Exactly, right. <laughs> Someone's locking someone out of the house. Another woman said to me, I don't communicate about the home. And then I find out, I find out she has an Instagram account called something like the shit my husband doesn't pick up. And she takes pictures of everything he leaves I around the house. I follow her. I follow her. Oh my her. God. Well, there's a J- Japanese one too now. I know. I follow that one too. Oh my so gosh. Funny. <laughs> but so the point is that what I, I'm going to say this to you listeners you are already communicating. As a mediator, I'll go on your Nest camera. You're passive aggressively communicating. However, I will see without you using words. I will let me onto your Nest camera or your your whatever your monitor yeah. is in your house. Your ring. I will, your yeah. ring. I will watch you for a day and circle how you communicate. Yep. You are already communicating. So when I say to women, I'm not asking for a conversation start. I'm asking for a conversation shift. Well, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say. I could have, I think we could talk to you for like six more hours. That's your quote for your next book. Holy Holy shit. I just feel like my mind has been blown. I've, I have so much, you know, I feel like you're, uh, you are a very rare person in this world that gets to walk around and know that you are positively affecting lives. I really think that you're, you, by the way, I love what you do. That's really nice. I really (laughs) feel like you're opening. I've been having a kind of a rough time in my partnership and I really feel like you're opening totally a, a whole other way for me to communicate and appreciate my partner and vice versa and I really thank, thank you for you. that yes. earnestly well, thank, thank you, you. Yes. thank you so much for having me love you guys love thank you. you everybody get the book yeah <laughs> thank you and maybe Fair Play by Eve Rodsky there you go thank you suavemente besame Ashley, I saw you in the Merengue for Moms video. You were dancing with Sebastian. Yeah, we danced to Suavemente by Elvis Crespo. You two always having the best time. We try, you know. And we weren't just having fun. We were dancing for a really good cause. And you can do it, too. Everyone out there can do it. What's the cause? Well, first, did you know that one in three American families can't afford diapers? I did not know that, but I do know that diapers can really add up. Absolutely. They definitely can. So you can join me and others in helping those needy families. All you have to do is record yourself dancing to Suavemente, post the video on your social media with hashtag Merengue for Moms, and then challenge your friends. So for every video posted, Huggies will donate 100 diapers to the National Diaper Bank Networks. I'm challenging you, my friend Carrie. Oh, you know I can never say no to a challenge. And thankfully, this challenge is for a good cause. So I'm all in. And you should be all in, too. Post your dance videos now. Play Suavemente and dance with your partner, your baby, your kid, alone, your BFF. Your dog. Your dog. It doesn't matter. Just dance. We want to see it. But don't forget, you have to hashtag it Merengue for Moms. Now let's go dance. I like the way you say Merengue. Merengue. 
confession time. Shh, confessions. Carrie. Yes, yes, yes. Do you know what time it is? Oh, I think I do. It's our favorite. Oh, it's confession time. It's our favorite and also our most dreaded. Because we have to confess. And then I want to eat my feelings. Yeah, well, always. Do you want to confess first? Sure. Let's do it. Okay, so this is kind of a double confession. Um, A couple weeks ago, I was at the supermarket with Sebastian, and we went into, like, the wine area. Because, you know, Jersey has, like, a different... Yes. They have stupid liquor laws. (laughs) Um, So we're in the wine part, and Sebastian's in the cart with me and he just starts going wine 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 and I'm like oh my god why do you know this and all the like you know all the basic girls in there their Uggs and their white claws are all like ah ha ha that's really funny and then this last week at dinner I was like oh you know what I'm gonna have some tequila and now he started saying tequila tequila <laughs> and he'll like point at it and go I want tequila and I'm like don't do that publicly people are gonna think I give you alcohol all I have to say is you. I know that Sebastian's been having some verbal issues, so I'm actually I'm super proud. Maybe he just learns how to speak only using alcohol terms. Uh, well, he also can say that he wants Popeyes. <laughs> I know. I heard that on the phone the other day. <laughs> the other, we had Popeyes chicken sandwiches. We gave him a try. And well, he's ready for college. Tequila. And Popeyes. Wine and Popeyes. Yeah, he goes, Popeye, Popeye, I want Popeye. I'm like... <laughs> Kid, why don't you, like, learn to say your name? Well, he's getting better with language. Say your name. <laughs> Just rename him Popeye. Maybe. <laughs> this is going to be his new name. Changed on the birth certificate. Popeye, Popeye Heron Smith. <laughs> PHS. So, okay. So, confession. The last guy I dated, which was, like, from a long time ago. I've been with Lee for, like, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I still go to his gym. And say that I'm his guest and use a guest pass. Is that true? Yes. Is it Equinox? No. Because he gets so many guest passes and he never used to use them. And I don't have a gym membership anymore. So I'll go and I'll be like, I'm blah, blah, blah. Wait, is it a nice gym? This is what I need to know. This is this. I'm I'm. I'm basing my judgment of this confession on how nice the gym is. It's a very nice gym, but it's not a big chain. Oh. Well, it's the, like a it's like a hipster so Brooklyn gym that there's a few in Brooklyn and it's fancy, oh. but it's not like crunch or Which whatever. I would say is even more dangerous then. The funniest thing is, you know, I talk to most of my exes. I don't talk to this one. So what if like one of the front desk persons like somebody's really blown up your guest pass? I mean, <laughs> he's the only I would one be I terrified. He's like, there's only two I don't talk to of all of them. And he's one of them. There, honestly, there should be more. I'm living on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> Just to get my fitness on. Oh, my God. Have you seen him there? No. Oh, what if he did? What if they're like, actually, he stopped coming here three years ago. <laughs> I'd be like, my bad. <laughs> Oops. Well, you know, last night he told me. <laughs> he, where has he been going? Is he cheating on me? I would play it like a telenovela. <gasps> he hasn't been coming here. Where has he been going every day at 5 He p.m.? tells me every day he goes to the gym. Where has he been going? Now I need to go follow him. I love how we're the only ones laughing at all this. Good talk. <laughs> well, now it's time for your confession. Thank goodness, because I'm tired of hearing ours. I'm never tired of ours. It feels very freeing. <laughs> I fucking hate LED Christmas lights.
Lee and I had a super like old man dad conversation the other day. We were driving and we saw like a whole village lit up. Yeah. And I go, oh God, who pays that electric bill? He's like, it's LED, so it's less money. Whoever's paying it. It was like the <laughs> and two then old said, men from the Muppets. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Yeah. One miserable family holiday down, one to go. Can't wait until January. <laughs> I missed one miserable family holiday because I went to your family holiday. You did. You did and and was... I missed the miserable part because we were stuck in three hours of traffic. It really wasn't miserable. You I just was had just... that one cry. Did I don't it? even remember. I was drunk. Oh, I remember because you told me about it. Ugh, let's cut that. <laughs> I personally don't know anybody who loves Christmas as much as I do. My house is all decked out, all shopping done, and all gifts wrapped. Ho, 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 bitches. Yeah, ho, 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 bitches. Why does she get to say bitches? Because <laughs> it's a confession. <laughs> ho, 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 birches. <laughs> I made it seasonal. I, I mean, I last night was on the sofa. We were putting up our fake Christmas tree. We which have a fake one, too. I love my fake Christmas tree. It's pre-lit because putting lights on Me the tree too. is the worst thing in the world. Is it green or is it like a funky color? It's green, but okay. I have had a black pre-lit Christmas Got tree it. back in Ooh, my, my 20s. Yeah, it was a cool tree. Um, but all I could think was like, man... I can't wait till I'm rich enough to have somebody decorate my house for Christmas. Like, really go all out. Like, garland on the stairs. I just don't want to do the work. It's more I don't want to take it down. I'll put it up. I don't want to take it down. But isn't that the—Christmas is such a, like—and this is from a Jew, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. It's such a special feeling. You feel—you just feel happy and, like, love and joy. And it just—it's so—no other time of the year do you feel like that. Plus, it's, like, pretty decorative lighting. Oh, it's beautiful. So, good for you. Ho, 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 bitches. All right, mamas. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had such a blast. And if you love this show, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help more moms find us. And if you want some more Scary Mommy in your life, be sure to subscribe to Scary Mommy Speaks wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want even more Scary Mommy, check out our articles and videos on ScaryMommy.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Scary Mommy Speaks is a Some Spider production. This episode was produced by Dorothy Abrams and Julie Katakis, edited by Dorothy Abrams, and recorded and mixed by Weston Fonger. Music provided by Audio Network. Special thanks to Sam Bellingham and Angelina Powers at Vinyl Mix. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. So email your comments to speaks at scarymommy.com. Scary Mommy Speaks. <laughs>